here we are, and we're going to talk about this theme of joy that we've been talking about. We are celebrating this second Sunday in Advent, and I hope that you are taking the time to focus on Jesus and the joy of the season, because there's really no true reason for the season if it's not for Jesus. And we know that there's no greater joy that can be found that can be found in Jesus. And, and I know sometimes we hear these words, of, well, yeah, duh, right? But it's important for us to understand that. As I stated last week, I, I really think that the world needs some joy. I need some joy. I, I think you need some joy. I think we need to know that, hey, you know, though everything is okay. God is still on the throne. He still loves this world. He sent his own son to come and live a perfect life, to die a perfect death, and to be raised again because he was not sinful and now has defeated death, hell, and the grave. And we have hope. And because we have hope, we have joy. Now we have lit the second candle this week. Now recall that the first candle last week we said represents hope. Most traditions agree that the first candle represents hope. Now, if you ever look at what's the meaning of Advent candles, you're going to find about five different combinations of things and what week. But the whole point is we're looking at these values that Christ brings to the world. Last week was hope. Now, the remaining candles do not have this traditional consensus. Some consider the second candle the candle of love. Others consider it the candle of faith. And yet some even still consider it the candle of hope. They do love first and then they do hope. But most of them look as the first is hope. But the point is that we are looking to ways that Jesus is present in our lives, right? Last week we have hope because of Jesus. This week we have faith because of Jesus. We have hope, faith, love, joy, peace, and grace, and expectation. And there's not that many candles up there, right? But we need to focus on these things, and I would encourage you that we would focus on these things not just during this season, but throughout our lives. We celebrate the the fulfilled expectation of Christ's first coming, but we wait, and I hope you're doing this, waiting with great joy and anticipation for his second coming. So for our purposes this morning, we're going to consider this second candle faith. The Advent wreath was first used, just so you know, in religious services in the 16th century. The circle of the Advent wreath, now some don't use the wreath anymore. They just use the candle, a nice candle stand that all comes to Jesus as the Christ candle. Again, we're talking about what these things represent. But the wreath um, represents eternity, right? If you've ever been to some weddings, they'll, they'll hold the rings and they'll say, there's no beginning and there's no end. You can't tell because your love is eternal. Oh, and everyone sheds a tear at a wedding, right? But the eternity of the circle is represented there. And also the evergreens symbolize the never-ending love of Christ. Uh, much where we get our Christmas tree tradition from. Evergreens are there. We'll talk about that next week. So now you know what the Advent wreath is. Okay, you can take that to your next trivia night. Have you ever had those moments, though, and I know you all have, when you are frustrated with the timing of the Lord? I think I shared last week a little bit before when our band broke down in Yellowstone. I'm like, you could come back now, God. This would be a great time, Jesus, to return. 
Then I wouldn't have to deal with how do you get this car, this family stuck in the middle of nowhere. But I think it's okay to admit it because I think we are all impatient and we have those moments when we really need God to come through and he seems to delay. Now, I don't quote movies very often, but some of you will be familiar with this. Gandalf the Grey. A wizard is never late, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. Now, I am not comparing God to a wizard, but sometimes those words, right, that Gandalf said is like, okay, God, you know, why aren't you showing up? And he's like, I'm never early. I'm never late. I come exactly when, not I mean to, but I also need to for your benefit. God is always working, and he reveals what he is doing, which is for our benefit when the timing is right. There's been seasons I think all of us have gone through. And then afterwards, he, 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 he reveals to us how he was working through it. And we're like, oh, that was perfect. That's not the way I would have handled it. Because I would have fixed things in a much more expedient way. And it cost me more money. Or whatever. Cost me the relationship. Or whatever. God is, has perfect timing. In our epistle reading, Peter explains that. That God is not slow concerning his promises. We believe that he is coming again. We believe he is faithful to sustain us for every moment of every single day. He is not slow concerning his promises. In fact, Peter recognizes that God is outside of time. And so it is difficult for us to understand. I mean, you know, scientists have done this, and even I've gone down that trail. Okay, so if a thousand, you know, years is a day, a day is a thousand years, what time is it really, right? You know, don't, don't, that, that's a vain exercise. Um, if you have coffee for me, I'll go through it with you, though. But, but the Israelites were waiting for the promised Messiah to come, and they were getting desperate. When Jesus came on the scene, they had pretty much lost hope. It had been about 430 years since a, a legitimate prophet of God was speaking. And so you can imagine that they're like, well, maybe, maybe this isn't true. I'm not sure. They were familiar with the promise of the prophet Isaiah that we read this morning, that the Lord comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flocks like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. And we're like, oh, that's so nice. They waited in expectation. However, they may have needed to heed the words earlier from the prophet, a voice cries In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. This Advent season gives us the opportunity to prepare the way for Jesus. Listen, people will actually talk about Jesus during Christmas time. Did you know that? Because they will ask, what is this all for? And they can't escape the fact that, well, the original why we're celebrating this the way we do is because of Jesus. There's a lot of other traditions, a lot of other fun things surrounding that. But, the, but if we get to the root of why we do what we do, it's because of Jesus. So what does that mean to us? Well, I think it begins with praise. Right? Lifting your voices this morning that Jesus came to earth. And we saw from the people that they proclaimed the year of the Lord last week as Jesus rode in on a donkey. They were proclaiming the favor of the Lord. I think it takes prayer to ask the Lord to do the work in our lives that allows Him to work and will as He chooses. Listen, you will not choose on your own to do the things that God has for you to do each day. 
So we need to go, okay, Lord, not my will, but yours. You gave me the example. Lord, that's why I always encourage you. God, what are you inviting me into today? Because I'm sure I wouldn't choose it. But I wait in that anticipation and expectation that I'm going to be invited into your work and for your glory and for the benefit of those who I come in contact with. And ultimately, you always benefit me because you are so good. Now, this is difficult because in this season, we often find the busyness that just distracts us, right? And we can easily lose sight of why we do what we do and who we are because of the entrance of Christ into our world. Even in a pandemic, I think we all still feel like we're, we're, we're busy. We're busy. But now we're busy and thinking, but how can I do this busyness because of what's going on in our world? But listen, God is looking for a contrite heart and hearts that are eagerly receiving him. May I encourage us to take pause and ask the Lord to increase our faith that we believe that. That, Lord, I believe that people are looking for Jesus. I believe that, that I really want Jesus above everything else in this world. That we would take pause and meditate upon that. In the Gospel reading, we see the ministry of John the Baptist. He is the voice crying in the wilderness. Now, if they would have been, the religious leaders and the people of Israel, would have been looking for the fulfillment of Isaiah, they probably would have looked at John the Baptist. But John the Baptist was a little crazy. He's a little hardcore. I'm not going to sing his song, but um, someday you might hear it. A couple of you have had the privilege, I think. But anyway, um, but, but John the Baptist was a, was a wild guy. He just came in and said, you guys need to repent. You're a bunch of sinners. You don't, you don't build a church by just telling everyone that there's a bunch of sinners. But he was setting it up so that they would go, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm repentant. I'm, I'm turning from my sin, but what do I turn to? And that's when he goes, look. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. So repentance is important. Austin, if you're watching. Repentance. Side joke between myself and I. So repentance is important. Because what does repentance do? It drives us to say, okay, I'm turning from something. But if I'm not turning to something, repentance is meaningless. We're turning to Jesus Christ. John the Baptist was preaching that repentance and he is proclaiming that Jesus is here. He is telling us that Jesus will do greater things. So is he going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit? That's much better. I mean, I, I imagine John the, John the Baptist being a little Pentecostal, a little fired up, a little more excited than most of us get, right? I imagine he would probably a little, like you can only handle in small mo moments, right? You know, if you've been around those people, I can, I, 20 minutes is all I can handle because they just have too much joy for me. What a sad thing to say. Anyway, but he is telling us that Jesus will do more and greater things. So I think our simple point, I'm not going to tell many of you anything new. Our job is to point people to Christ. It's simple. God says, go into the world, make disciples of all men. Paul tells us we're ambassadors of Christ, pleading with people to be reconciled to God, uh, you know, through Christ. And that's the message. The good news is we're sinners. God provided a savior. You can be forgiven. Isn't that great news? Yes. It's the greatest of news. However, it does help if we understand a little more about who we are pointing people to. 
Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, a very popular passage this time of the year, but it's been popular, I hope, for you throughout the year. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. We need some peace today. Of the increase of his government and of the peace of his peace, there will be no end. And the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. He is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. His kingdom will reign forever. He will reign in mercy and grace. People are longing for Jesus. They just don't know it. God forbid that we would miss our opportunity as we go throughout our day. When it comes up, again, I'm not asking you to take your Bible and start beating people over the head with it. Please, in fact, please don't do that. But what I'm asking is, are you ready? Are you ready when that conversation comes up just to spread a little joy? The cashier, you know, are you hanging in there? It seems busy, you know, God loves you. Hang in there. You know, do you like Christmas? You know, because usually people in retail start loathing Christmas. Uh, I've been there. <laughs> There's a time I did retail and ministry at the same time, and I didn't know which day it was till like January 12th. But, you know, they, they, we get caught up in, the, in, that, in that. And if we could just spread a little moment of pause for people that we get and let them breathe a little bit, even if they act offended, and lash out against Jesus. There's an old saying, I've probably said it here before, when, you know, when you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that yelps is the one that got hit. So if they lash out at you, that might mean that you struck a chord. You might have said something, and that's not for you to go, ha ha, I knew you were a sinner. No, don't do that. But, you know, but it's for you to go, okay, God, you're working. You're working. They're not mad at me. Their offense is with you. Deep down, they are in great need and desperate for God to intervene. They really are. Such were you and I. Such was the world. God has intervened though. And we celebrate the truth that he entered our world and made a way for all mankind to be reconciled to God. What a beautiful message we have. This Jesus is not some little cute figurine in a manger. He's in there, right? He's not little baby Jesus, right? We, we, he's not that. He, he, we celebrate that this time of the year, but we celebrate that because He is our God who rules with power, power that defeated death, hell, and the grave. That's why we celebrate this season, because God made a way. Jesus will return in power and glory to rule and reign in peace. I can't wait. May we think upon this, and may we find great comfort, and from that, I guarantee you, you're going to have great joy. So here's a challenge for us. No, don't challenge me. Do we realize that Jesus is ruling and reigning in our hearts right now? Do we find comfort and joy from this reality? If you're like me, you forget that sometimes. You, you focus on, on more of you as a sinner, not so much as a saint, what God proclaims. You focus on your inadequacies. You focus on the damage of the world. You focus on your contribution to the damage and brokenness of the world. And you focus on your ability to fix things instead of going, wait a second. Right now, Christ is ruling and reigning in a new heart that he has given me. I've been changed. 
And I find great comfort and joy from this reality. It gives me strength to go on yet another day. We have the truth and we have been given the privilege. It is a privilege, not an obligation, to share the joy of Jesus with a world that nods their head at a cute little baby in a manger. Yet we know that he is much more We celebrate Christmas because of the proof that Jesus is God and that He has overcome the world. Now today we partake of His body and His blood and the joy of Christmas is enriched and uncontainable because we think about God leaving His throne of glory in heaven, taking on the form of a little baby. And He retained that innocence throughout His whole life. The purity of a sinless child. Christmas is meaningful because Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood to redeem all mankind, and now he sits at the right hand of the Father in the position of power, strength, and authority. And by the way, Christian, that is where you are today. Ephesians tells us that we are seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father in a position of power, strength, and authority. If you don't hear anything else today, hear that. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You are more than overcomers because he overcame. May people see our lives and the joy that we have and may they long for Jesus. May we proclaim the wonder of Christmas and may your joy be full. I think it's one of the great opportunities we have on Wednesday nights during Advent is to come and just get a a, a little um, energy shot. How many go to Jamba Juice? They're really expensive. But when you do go, you can get like an energy shot or energy boost, right? You know, and then Starbucks tried it for a while. That failed. But anyway, but you know, you can get these things, boosts of energy. We all need more energy, but we all also need more faith. So I encourage you Wednesday night, come out at seven o'clock. It's family friendly. It's about a half hour long. And it's just the time to go, okay, all right. Get through the rest of the week, because Sunday's coming, right? But let's look forward to pointing people to Jesus, our Redeemer, God among us. I just want to take some time for, for you to reflect upon that. Maybe it's a time for you to say, Lord, I need more joy. Maybe it's a time for you to say, Lord, I, I'm in a place in my life that I don't like. Um, but I know that my hope is in you. Please restore that hope. Lord, I need increased faith because I believe that you have great plans for me, but right now I don't feel it. I don't see it. But Lord, help me to fix my eyes upon you, to shift to those things that I need to think upon. And that this season would be more meaningful than it's ever been because I can go, man, my joy increased through that season because he who promised was faithful. So let's take a look.